Welcome back to the TEFL Training Institute podcast, everyone. I'm Ross Thorburn, and on today's episode, we have regular guest Dave Weller is joining us once again. Dave, as you might know, as well as being a regular guest on the podcast, is also a successful writer. That includes not only authoring books, but also having a very popular website, his blog, barefoottefelteacher.com. So on today's show, Dave is going to tell us not necessarily about starting a blog, but about how to promote your writing online. Dave's going to tell us about where you can post your writing online, how to discover what people are searching for online, how to choose a title for whatever you post, and more. Enjoy the episode. Hi Dave, welcome to the show. To begin with, I wanted to ask you about where teachers should write. So if I'm a teacher and I've written something about ideas I have related to my classroom, where's the best place to put that online? Is it something like starting my own blog? Is it something like guest posting on someone else's blog? I don't accept those on my blog, but I often get asked about it. Yeah, so where do you think teachers should showcase their writing? Really good question. I think a few years ago, I would suggest you start a blog, you put all your writing on there, and it becomes your home base, you know, your branded, personalized area for your writing. But today, I would actually suggest people not start a blog if they haven't already. The main reason is that with so many people looking and searching for things, if you start your own blog, it's actually very difficult to drive traffic to your blog. So something I see happening with lots of people who are very enthusiastic, they start a blog, and then a few months later, I, I follow up with them and ask, so how's the blog going? They're like, oh, I've, I've kind of stopped now. I say, why? You were so passionate and so enthusiastic just a few months ago. They say, yeah, I, I still write a little bit, but I don't post as much because no one reads it. No one can find my blog. And it's true, you know, actually promoting your blog so people can find it through the search engines or through other organic methods is really difficult. So now my advice would be write where your audience already is. This could be on social media. You could choose to write long posts on Facebook. It could be on Twitter if you have short tips or threads you'd like to promote. If it's longer form writing, you could write uh, articles on LinkedIn or you could write on private sort of article aggregators like medium.com. And a lot of these platforms like LinkedIn and Medium already have huge audiences of people, millions of people who are looking every month for articles to read about specific topics, which you can tag and let them know that your article is about something they want to read about. So why is it so difficult, Dave, for people to find those blogs to get them to rank highly on something like Google? Sure. Imagine you're going on Google, you type in something like task-based learning. How often do you ever get to page six or seven of Google when you look for the results? You probably don't, right? You look down the top 10, you see something that looks vaguely credible, and you click on that, maybe two or three articles, and, and you're done for the day. And that's why people can't find a blog when you start writing. So many companies spend lots of money to push the results of their website to the front page of Google or the front page of Amazon or the top of the podcast aggregator list. And so it's very hard for an individual to get to that list. 
Okay, so what are some ways then, Dave, that teachers can promote their writing, whether they're writing on their own blog or social media or somewhere else? Well, there are a few buckets or areas, categories maybe, that you can use to promote. So the first one would be promotion on the platform you're on. So if you're writing on medium.com, there are ways you can tag your article with the correct category so people will find it more easily. Keywords you can use and groups you can join if you're on LinkedIn. And so really learn about the platform you're using to be able to promote on that platform. Secondly, promote on social media. So if your platform is LinkedIn or Twitter, then learn how to use that platform effectively with things like hashtags or tagging or keywords. And you can really find out how to best utilize the platform you're on. Um, another way to do that is you, it's very quick and easy to recycle social media start, uh, content from one platform to another. For example, if you write an article on LinkedIn, you can write a short blurb to put that on Twitter. You could then screenshot that tweet put that onto Instagram and Facebook. So with just a few minutes extra work, it's much easier to go wide across a number of platforms and while you're going deep on one particular platform that you're writing on. Another way to do that is start an email list. This is a little bit more complicated. Some platforms allow it, some don't. Um, it might even, like medium.com, for example, has a function where it asks your reader if you would like to follow this person in terms of notifications and also receive an email when they post a new article. Other platforms like if you're writing on LinkedIn don't allow this, but you might also choose to have software or a service online which allows you to capture emails. So that way, every time you post an article, you can email your list of people that are following you and let them know to come and read your latest article. And a final category would be guest posting. If you read other blogs which are in your niche or your category, you can always reach out to them, click the contact us button on the website, send an email and say, hey, I love what you're doing. Uh, can I write for your blog? Obviously, for you, that doesn't work. As, you, as you've already said, you don't accept. But I'm the same as well. On, on my website, I don't allow guest posts because I, I kind of want it to be all my own thought and all my own writing. But that doesn't mean to say a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people do allow them. You mentioned earlier about what people search for on Google. How can I find out what things people are searching for? And is it a good idea to write blog content that matches what people are searching for? Well, I'd say yes, but with a caveat of be a little bit careful. So you can find out what people are searching for on Google and which would be the most popular topic. But don't let that sway you too far away from what you want to write about. If you imagine a Venn diagram, then in one circle would be things that you want to write about or you know a lot about that you want to share. Another circle would be things that people are searching for on Google. And actually, there is a third circle as well, which is the phrases and keywords that people type into Google to find what they're searching about. And the sweet spot is right in the middle of those three circles. And that would be the best way to choose the keywords, the phrases, the topics that you're going to write about. The second circle is what people are interested in reading about. And the third circle is what they actually type into Google. Now, you would think they would be the same, but not necessarily. Okay, one example, again, let's go back to task-based learning, which I mentioned before. Someone is very interested about task-based learning, 
but actually they know it by a different name. They might type into Google task-based language teaching, or depending where they're from, they might type in project-based learning, or maybe even slightly different, inquiry-based learning. And you can actually do searches on various tools to find out which one of these is the most popular search term. And you can then include that or phrase it in those terms so people will find it more easily on Google or similar search engines. So it seems like it'd be really useful then to know what people type into Google. How can you find out which keywords people are searching for, Dave? There are a number of ways ranging from quite simple to quite complex and also from free to there are some paid services as well. So we'll start at the simple and free side first. So the easiest way to sort of see what other people are typing to Google around a topic would be to go to Google directly and rely on Google autocomplete, which when you land on google.com, if you start typing in say task-based into Google, you'll see the dropdown expand and several suggestions pop up of what you could be typing for. So it might say task-based learning, task-based learning curriculum, task-based learning lesson plans, and all of those, Google is suggesting them not randomly, but because it knows other people who are interested in those first two keywords have typed that in in fairly high volume previously. So that's one way to see at a very simple glance what people might be searching for. Now, it's simple, it's free, but it doesn't give you too much information in terms of what you were suggesting before, which is search volume, how many people are searching, and also how much competition there is. So the next level we can go is actually visiting another Google website called Google Trends. Now, this gives the popularity of certain search terms that people type in over time. And also you compare terms against each other. So if you go to Google Trends and you type in, let's stick with task-based learning as an example. So you type in task-based learning and you would see, you can choose a, a geographic area such as just the US or worldwide or your particular region. And you can see over time, a little graph of how popular and how many searches have been done. They usually do it between zero and a hundred, just zero being no searches at all and hundred being incredibly popular. Then you could, type in task-based language teaching as a comparison. And again, you can see that. And maybe then project-based learning, inquiry-based learning. You actually have four or five comparisons all at the same time. You can see those, how those keywords are changing over time and then make your choice from there as to which phrases to use for the topic that you're going to be writing about. Okay, so let's say that we've now written an article and we've included those popular search terms or a popular search term in the article itself. How important is the title and how should we go about picking a title that's going to get more clicks? Ooh, that's a trickier one because you're throwing something else into the mix there. So if you imagine that Venn diagram, the three circles earlier, the what you're interested in and want to write about, what people are interested in reading, what they type in. There's a fourth circle now, which is peaking interest or making that title attractive. Task-based learning, if you just call it task-based learning stuff, <laughs> not a very attractive title. That's at one end of the scale. The other end of the scale is what we call clickbait, where it makes a promise that the article can't deliver on. And so you click through, you read it, and you just get annoyed and frustrated at the author. So this might be, if you use task-based learning, you'll make a million dollars as a teacher tomorrow. You know, clearly, it's a complete lie. 
But something in the middle would be like how I started using task-based learning and transformed my classroom management. Again, this is just from the top of my head. I might think back and cringe at these titles, but what you've done there is you've raised a question from the audience that they might like to know the answer to. You've made it relevant because obviously they're teaching as well. Hopefully a few of the people reading that will also have the same issues as well with classroom management. And they'll think, oh, I didn't know task-based learning could actually help improve this area. I'm curious now, I'll click to read. So for titles, you'd want to have something you want to write about. People are curious about using a keyword that we just discussed earlier. And thirdly, don't make either very boring, too clickbaity, but something in the middle that will spark curiosity. Now, obviously, throughout this episode, Dave, we've been talking, I guess, mainly about blogs, but you have also written a very successful book, Lesson Planning for Language Teachers, and that went to the top of the bestseller list for language education in Italy. So tell us, how did you go about marketing the book, Dave? Well, I think it did actually go back to writing it. So if we look at what I've suggested already, I actually started writing a blog and a lot of it was taken from my professional life. So questions I was often asked as a trainer and I used it as a reference for my trainees. Then once the articles were on my blog, I paid close attention to how popular different topics were. And the number one by far was lesson planning. So I thought, well, clearly a lot of people are looking for help and support for that. So I collated what I'd written so far, which is probably about a third of the book, and then expanded it and put in a framework and and wrote it. So, So I already knew that it had a good chance of being successful based on data from my professional life, data from readers online. And so it gave it the best possible chance of success before I even launched the book. In preparation for launch, again, I did keyword research on Amazon, on Google, to find out what people were searching for, which phrases were popular and weren't popular to help me decide my title and subtitle. I then asked friends to buy it, to review it. And that, I think, gave it the initial impetus and it gathered momentum. And then after a while, it became more popular and achieved the success that it did. was Dave Weller. For more from Dave, check out his blog, barefoottefelteacher.com. You might also want to check out the best-selling book we mentioned, Lesson Planning for Language Teachers. You can find that on Amazon. And you can also find more great podcasts with Dave and many other guests on my website, tefeltraininginstitute.com. Thanks again for listening. See you again next time. Goodbye.